You need a big <laughs> check. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you, choke you over that. You should have seen your eyes, though. It was the whole package. <laughs> Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. We have, we always say this, but this is, Metacasters, get ready. This is serious stuff coming up for serious people for a serious decade transition. 2020, the final frontier. Uh, onto the episode. Onto the episode. Wow. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm not. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> there's, there's one too many of those I'm the, I'm the better half or the worst half. Or, yeah, definitely or one, the better half. Better half. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, so, and I'm Bob Galen. Welcome, everyone. Happy New Year. Absolutely. 2020, baby. This will be our first published episode of a new decade. A new decade. How cool is Not that? Not only is it a new decade, but it, it's, a, it's soon to be a new decade for the Metacast. So, we're coming up. I don't know if you you don't probably read my no uh, I do my newsletter I did. I did but I I think if I if I remember my my mind didn't I you talk did. about the yeah. the headline in the in my newsletter yeah. was the Metacast it was nice I wasn't a footnote anymore you were not a footnote you're my partner <laughs> in all of the your other ones no I'm, I'm I'm giving you a hard time okay yeah. you're the, you're <laughs> no, there but you're there baby you're my partner and and this is you know what this is the tin. It's the 10th anniversary of the Metacast, and I looked it up. I, I spent a little time on this shit. Do you know what I tried to do? What? I tried to fashion a microphone stand out of aluminum foil. Oh, that would have been a cool... I couldn't... You couldn't do <laughs> no. it? This is the... Ten, I need some but, help. But I got to... No, you'll love this. Okay. I got a, an email from someone. Yeah. I have to look at it. Because he was helping. I guess he read it. Yeah. And he's like, tin and aluminum. Guess what he went to? Guess what would be a good gift? Think beer. Beer, oh, beer cans. Beer cans, okay. Beer cans. And okay. he was like, don't get stuck on just tin and aluminum. Think of them as a container. Okay. He said, what about beer? Okay. And I was like, oh, man, I appreciate you thinking out of the box for us. That is good. So I think the next, we're not celebrating, it's on our official anniversaries mm-hmm. on the... 19th, I think? Something like that? No, hold it. Oh my God! I think it's today. No, I think it's today. Are we like that old married couple that was like, "Hey, our anniversary well, is yesterday." I have it marked on my count. I have it officially marked. I, I I've officially marked it. It's uh, let's see, what is it here? No, today's the yeah. It can't be today. No, it's no, it's the seventeenth. All right, so it's a week from today. Okay, good. It's a we know. No, no, no. I now I'm now I'm back. It's the fourteenth. It's fourteenth. Our official is Tuesday, January fourteenth. Well, I'll make sure I post this on the fourteenth. So, so we can do that, and then we have to. I have to get you a gift. I, that's what I was trying to. Get and I was make th- a gift. And it was you know what I was disaster. looking at on online was was like flasks. And I was, I swear to God, I was like flasks, like tin or whatever flasks. Sounds but good. I was like, but, and then I was, it took, if I got it uh, embroidered, no, uh, engraved. You're going to embroider a engraved. flask? That is impressive. Well, it was a big flask. I was going to put your face on it. <laughs> it better be big. It better be big. It's an 18 gallon. <laughs> but, uh, but the beer, the beer is my answer. And I, I forget who it was. I'll, I'll tell you who he was. 
because uh, I, I well, whoever it was, no, no, I'll we appreciate. Well, I'm going to just try and fill time while oh, you find this person. Okay, uh, we greatly John appreciate John Voris. Okay, there you so go. So whoever John Voris, I think he's in Raleigh area, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Why? It's not just your 10th anniversary of tin or aluminum, but it's close to the 85th anniversary of the beer can." And that gave me the epiphany. If we find this guy, we need to buy him a beer. I absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because tin and aluminum foil is really <laughs> from a gift. Yeah. I was looking around the house like, what can I do with that's aluminum pretty, foil? Isn't it lame though? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's actually the 10th wedding anniversary is, is those two things. Yeah. What the hell was that? I, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's one step above wood, I guess. Right? Well, but when that. When that list was made, I'm sure aluminum and tin was, was a lot very more rare. Pricey, yeah. You didn't have it yeah. like it, an 85 foot roll in your now drawer. Now the wood anniversary, we could have done some. I could have just gone out in the yard and gotten you a, a stick. A stick. <laughs> <laughs> At tremendous cost yeah, of effort, I, I can imagine. So. Uh, what do we? What do we? What's the Metacast? Well, today? let's see. We've spent about five minutes looking backwards. In uh, you like that, don't you? You are a freaking Segway machine. Yeah. You know that. So we're going to turn the tables around, Bob, and talk about looking forward. Oh my! Well, actually, a little bit backwards. Like a, a little, little bit, bit back forward, to look yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah. Like look over your shoulder yeah. and then get the hell going for. Um, so, like, what are we going to do? Things we're going to do? Goals? Yeah. Objectives? Yeah. For the coming year? Yeah. Maybe things we've read, things we're going to learn. Uh, Not that I have anything to learn. Well. Clearly. Just to zip your lip. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that is on my goals for this year. Yes. It's on my goals for every year. It only took me 10 years. Oh, I I thought this was like No, no, it's there. Okay. I, I'm 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 chipping away at that problem. Okay. <laughs> One little chip at a time. Are you, are you really? Or are you just I'm telling trying. yourself? Okay. All right. Fine. I we'll swear I'm trying. Can imagine if I wasn't trying? <laughs> <laughs> that is such what would a that look like? Thought. It is a disturbing thought. Um. So, what are you thinking about for this year? What growth forward dreams? Uh, the biggest thing that I'm trying to do, similar to you. Um, those of you that attend my Twitch stream, a common theme on there is personal work in progress limit. That's one of those things like you, do you have that? Are you, uh, work- that's a, that's a, I, yeah, I'm, I'm actively trying to shed things I'm doing. Something that you've talked about is, is self care. I'm sure that'll come up. And that, that personal work in progress limit is a detriment to self-care because I, I end up running around trying to do a million things, trying to do too much and then don't actually take the time to focus and improve myself or take a personal retrospective and figure out what I should do differently. It's always, what do I need to be doing now? And that causes issues. Yeah. It's so I'm trying to fix that. It's me too. It's I'm, I'm working on that. I'm actually, it's a really vicious problem. One of the things for me I was talking about it this morning uh, at Vaco. We have a guild. You mm-hmm. and I were talking about it, and the thing for one of the motivations for me is as a coach. So, go back to the dude. I'm sure you coach people, the dude, to focus. Yeah. To not to dilute <laughs> their. I'm sure you had a hundred of these conversations. Yeah. Where people would enthusiastically, and you're like coaching whip limit. Yeah. You know, work on one thing and get it done. I mean, I've I've had that conversation a million times yeah. with yeah. clients. Yeah. But then that's me telling people what to do. And then what am I doing? 
Yeah. I'm not paying to, I'm not walking my own talk. Yeah. So the motivation for me, it's, and I'm really reminding myself, is like, Galen, you got to walk, you got to start doing a better job of yeah. walking your talk, right? Well, because it's, if it's true for them, yeah. it's true for me. Yeah. Every Friday it gets thrown in my face by somebody that's on the stream. As I start talking about something, somebody makes, it's a joke now, well, a nice, nice whip limit. Exactly. <laughs> so it's a, exactly. It's and a it's common. Our hearts are in the right place. There's all these drivers, but, and and for me, my health is becoming, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not unhealthy, but I'm getting older and I just need to take it seriously. So one of the things I'm doing is cutting back on conferences Yeah, this year. I have a, I think I've planned six or seven Mm -hmm. and that's fixed. And no matter what happens, I'm really going to stay with that. There are months that I, like two months, I think, uh, July, August or something, or August, September, where I don't have a conference scheduled. Nice. That's unheard of for me. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Right? And it's not that I don't like it, but... That that's that's not even billable time, right? So then I have this layer cake of I need billable time. Then I have the uh, then I do uh, what the volunteer work or pro mm-hmm. bono work, and mm-hmm. then I do conference speaking. By the time I end up big, you know, building that cake, I have no time for Bob Galen, yeah, right? and I'm killing myself. Yeah, and one of the things, and this has come up before in a couple of places that I've talked, is that we as coaches have this responsibility towards others. So one of the mental tricks that I've put in place to help myself for my self-care, and it's it it's easier for me with a sizable family, is I don't I don't phrase it in my brain as taking care of myself. What I view it as is taking care of the thing that takes care of this family. So I've got this unit of things that depend on me, and I use my personal responsibility to them as the driver to improve myself. That's really cool. Actually. Not not like, hey, you got to do this for you because it's clear that hasn't worked. Right. So I've tried to push them out in front and rely on the things that get me to do the things that I do. So so I put it. I kind of feel bad as I say it now. It's like I'm putting on them, like I'm blaming them, but I'm no, no, not. It's no. that's the trigger that I found. What what works for me is that responsibility. That oh, I need to do this to take care of them as opposed to taking care of me. No, you know what you're doing. I, so I'm taking this Orsk, uh, this Orsk coaching right. class, and uh, that's part of my self care, part of my learning. What you just you're Orsky and you don't know it. And, I don't know and, how and to what, what I mean by that is part of Orsk is you're not just coaching people. You're coaching the system. Yeah. So what you talked about there is there's you and your wife. Mm-hmm. So there's what you do, there's your wife, there's your kids, mm-hmm. and then there's the family, and there's the system. Right. And very often, like in Orsk, we try we try not to coach individuals, we try to coach like the team. Yeah. And you actually say the team, you, you treat the team, like there's the individuals in the team, but then how are they interacting? So you don't coach the individuals, you don't make it personal, you talk about how is the team. Right. And how do we want the team to be? You put your relation, not your relationship, but your family mm-hmm. there. That's an Orsk thing. And what happens is when you separate that out, they call it the third entity. You actually separate yourself from it right. and look at it from afar so that you can kind of see what's happening. And then you can change your, it's easier to like look at the system. Yeah. It's system coaching. Right. Right. So you just, it's, mm. it's, it's actually not cheating at all. It's a really interesting way. It's really hard to do. Yeah. But it's a really interesting way to get out of the weeds because if you just look at it in your own frame, 
you won't change as much. Yeah. Well, and that's what I found was that I kept trying to find ways to make myself do the things I felt like I should be doing, but I prioritized all these other things first. Yeah. So then I said, okay, how do I trick myself into prioritizing the things I should be doing that I'm not? So I, it was like a user story. So I started thinking about the business value. Like what's the business value to the Anderson family of me doing this? See, that's, that's an, and I'm not joking. That's a, from a coaching point of view, the point is sometimes we're too close to it. Yeah. Right. And we can't. And if you can just step away, like in Orsk, there's a way of like, if you and I, um, let's say we're trying to, you and I are like facing each other right. right now. And so it's adversarial. And if we had a problem, we, we would be talking about my view of the problem and your view of the problem right. and my view and your view. But one of the Orsk techniques is you and I, so we try to say, let's put that problem out in front of us. Right. And why don't you stand right beside me? Mm-hmm. So we actually geographically change. So you, instead of us being face-to-face, we go shoulder-to-shoulder, and we look at the problem, and then we try to say, how do we feel about the problem, and what do we want to do about the problem? What is it doing to us? Right? What is it doing to us? It's, it's that separation from it. You know, I, so we've been wrestling with this thing at work, and... I kept wanting to get on a whiteboard and I wonder if I was doing that same thing unintentionally. Cause we end up standing side by side, staring at the problem. Like we get the problem. But see, that's separated. a powerful, yeah. see, that's a juxtaposition because normally we would be looking at each other. Right. And it's, and it's sort of, you're competing. Right. Where it's not whatever word you want to use. Right. We're not, but if you, one of the ors techniques is to go shoulder to shoulder often. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, but that's, because we're together, right? And then we're looking or solving or whiteboarding, yeah. But that, but the whole tone of the discussion changed because it was a bunch of people in cube sitting in a circle, arguing. Exactly. And then once a couple of us got at a whiteboard and got the problem on the board, we're looking. We've, I, I'm putting it together now. We disconnected from the problem. Exactly. But and you disconnected from the problem. You yeah. put it out there. Literally in Orsk, sometimes we actually have a physical prop where I might take this bottle mm-hmm. and say, this is the problem. Let's put it out there. And that I know this sounds odd, yeah. but the very fact of putting it out there separates it. So we're not fighting about it. Now we're together solving it. So you exactly, what you described is mm-hmm. exactly that juxtaposition. And it really is very, it's sort of odd because it's so simple, Yeah, right? It's just changing the way we're sort of facing each right, other, yeah. right? And putting it out there. I, I know I went off on a tangent there. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's all good stuff because that's that's a lot of what work is. It's in a healthy environment, right? There's a there's a big, hairy problem yep. and, a, and a way to tackle it effectively. That's a technique people can use. It's weird with this Orsk. I thought when I first started it, now coming back to our theme, to be honest, I'm now I'm being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I thought it was full, so... I wanted to take it, but I thought it was full of shit, right? And I was a little ego-driven. I'm like, I'm Bob Galen. I know how to coach, Yeah. right? I've done this for freaking 30 years. I know how to yeah. coach, and I thought it was a little full of shit, but I wanted. I was just curious, Yeah. and I went to see it. Now, now I'm actually starting to see, I'm learning. Right. One of these cool things 
is is just learning new things. Sometimes the things and and some of the things they make us do or they ask us to do are pretty challenging. Right, they're very personal. Mm-hmm. You're, we do a lot of coaching. We do a lot of simulations around this stuff. And it's, right. and for me as an introvert, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But on the flip side, what I'm finding the key point: I'm growing, Josh. Mm-hmm. I'm over sixty years old, and I'm and I'm still. You can teach an old. <laughs> An old dog, new tricks, and it's really cool to learn stuff. Right, and then and then I'm reevaluating like we're talking about. I'm like, God, I wish I'd have known this thirty years yeah. ago because yeah. it could have helped me as a leader. Right. Yeah, right. But it's not too late. I'm right. still learning and stuff. Like learning is kind of cool. Not being full, being humble, and not being full of yourself. Right, that agile mindset yeah. of we can always learn, we can always get better. Yeah, that's a pretty exciting little thing to do. Yeah, I, I've. I try to keep that at the forefront because I feel like that's a way to stay air quotes young, right? Is that you've got that eager mindset of what don't I know? What don't I have? What can I acquire? What are the things that I can learn? Absolutely. That I'm hopeful I can keep doing because I think that will keep me rolling when I'm open-mindedness, right? Even to things like, you know, essential oil candles, and things like that. There's some, there, <laughs> you know, you had to you had to go there, didn't you? I'm staring at it like it's it's in my line of sight. I'm staring at this thing I I'm despise. Sorry. I couldn't. I know. So for those of you that may not have listened to previous episodes, Bob has adopted these essential oil candles. And yes, and. I have this unhealthy reaction. (laughs) I apparently said that while Bob was taking a drink. (laughs) So I have this unhealthy reaction to essential oils because I think the net worth of our family has been reduced by tens of thousands of dollars because of the amount of essential oils that have been purchased. But the quality of the life of the family. Well, and the bad part is that it's now infected my young boys. And Has like, it gotten the boys? Yeah. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm having trouble sleeping. Mom, do you have any of that lavender to help me go to sleep? I'm like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah, what have you done? Uh, so it's so it's one of those things. That's a pretty significant step. You know yeah, that? Like, yeah. Well, it, so like I really latched on to there's a comedian that was telling a joke about their their, their house was on fire. And he went running into the house, and his wife said, what are you doing running into the house? It's on fire. And he said, I have to go into the bathroom and get the $20,000 worth of cosmetics and essential oils out of there because I don't want to see that money go up in flames. Right? That's – I really That would be with you. That, that yeah, would be that you would be running me. in to would, save those, <laughs> those dark things. Like we're not buying those again in the vault yeah. and opening the vault of the, <laughs> yeah. the essential oils vault. Uh, so All right, yes. enough of that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, uh, what else? Uh, like this year, any any? Uh, so, whip limit is a real. Is that your number one? Your big thing? That's my that's my number one constant thing that I know is a detriment to my success in various directions. I, I would say it's my number one. I mean, it, it's it's different. I'm sure there's differences. Mm-hmm. Like for me, whip limit would be travel limits, like I right. talked about. The other thing, see what you think of this. I'm talking about recovery. So when I make trips, 
Yeah. I would I would do calendar scheduling. So part of the whip isn't just work in progress, but I'm also starting to think of when I get back from a trip, let's say I go to the West Coast, do not schedule another event right. that I need like a day or two to recover, mm-hmm. which is just for me. So I'm, I'm really starting to think of recovery time, uh, effort time. Mm-hmm. Wh- so it's whip limit plus even like my personal ability to... Uh, what energy yeah i'm thinking of energy that i have so i bring a full energy load to the table yeah one of those things that if you listen to me talk in various places i i i always try and frame things as think of it like a product and 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 what would you do and i'm trying to apply that same thing to myself of is this the most valuable thing that josh anderson can be doing right now because i because I want to help in so many various different directions. Like I started a nonprofit youth sports organization for some ridiculous reason. Like, this year? Like this past year? Two years ago. I think I remember you guys yeah, did that, just right? All this right with good intent, doing good things. We're helping a lot of kids. All these things are cool, but it's a it's another thing that it's like, man, I'm spending significant time doing this. And yes, it's making a difference, but there's little things like that that I've sprinkled into my life that I've done that focus would you be think, beneficial. Do you think this is like a rampant disease now? Because in our guild this morning, mm-hmm. almost everyone resonated in different ways with with limits and things like that. I've seen it with clients. Mm-hmm. I've seen it in the business. It is absolutely a virus in the business world. Uh, but then we're talking about the personal side of it. So. Well, to me, I think the business world is a manifestation of the people, right? Like that's every every coaching gig you've ever had. I am 100% sure putting a work in progress limit was something you talked about Absolutely. or trying to achieve focus. And not just making up, they were out of, they weren't just slightly over yeah. whip. Yeah. They were out of freaking, I mean, this it's they're just like out of control. Right. And. Right. To me, that that happens because it's the people driving that. Yeah. So I think it's a natural thing of who we are, and I don't know if it's an 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 achiever thing, if it's a pleaser thing, if it's whatever Probably it is all of, of those things of, yeah. of of being almost incapable of saying no, and that's why there was a person that I was working with that I said I think you'd be a great product owner because you're good at saying no. Yeah. And so putting this person in that product owner role because they had a skill and a knack for saying no to things, and that can be very powerful. And, th- I mean, we've had whole episodes about saying no. Yeah. And that's a that's a gap that, again, as as coaches, we're so focused outward that we don't ever say no to ourselves and and make sure that we're, again, treating ourselves like a product and prioritizing things. I don't do that. I just – I see a problem I attack. And that's the – that's the issue, and I think a lot of folks that probably listen to this podcast and folks that were on your guild this morning operate in that same way, and yeah. they've become successful, air quotes, again, in that same way, but then the challenge you have is like businesses. So businesses become successful. The number of places I've been where I scratch my head are like, how did this company get to, to be a $50 million company or a yep. $100 million company? Yep. Like, how did, like, just the 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 maniacal effort to make that happen is amazing, but but for them to become a $500 million company or a billion dollar company requires a new level of focus. So that's where you and I come in. So then yep. us as humans have that same challenge where we're going to hit our head on the ceiling unless we learn how to focus. Yep. What do you think? I So for the first time in my life, I 
I'm being vulnerable today for some reason. So I have a coach. Mm-hmm. Part of me going to Orsk is I'm co-coaching, I'm cross-coaching with someone right. because you got to coach hours and hours to to earn your certs and things like that, which is all good. It's practice. Uh, but I'm being coached, and it's opening up my eyes like to whip limits and things and mm-hmm. work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one of the things my coach suggested to me, I haven't done a good job of it, is he said journal. He was talking about journaling your whip limits. So, so keeping track on almost a daily basis of just data mm-hmm. because we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you ever feel in uh, years ago that a joke was, it's not a joke. Uh, at the end of the week, you would fill in a timesheet and say, if you were working on 15 projects, how much time you'd look back and try to guess as to how much time you applied to each project. Right. And it was always inevitably off. It was, mm-hmm. it was orders of magnitude off because it was perception and you didn't have the data. Right. But if you keep the data, so he was like, you know, just how many, you know, if you had five things in play today, put a five, Tuesday five, Wednesday seven, and then look at the trending. Right. And then ask yourself, was that, how much did you accomplish today? So keep data in your journal uh, to make it, so again, agile principles, transparency, Mm -hmm. looking at trending, Mm -hmm. uh, retrospection. What do you think about, I'm I'm getting value out of that. Uh, Again, like it's, it's kind of frustrating, but that's what, Agile coaches and scrum masters do for teams. We don't do it for ourselves. Right. Like that's the, like, I am sure again, and I think back to all the coaching gigs I've done, that's one of the first things you do is like, okay, like let's figure out what we're actually doing. And, and there was a place that I was at where, where I went to the executive and said, guess how many things the company is actively working (laughs) on? 33. You have 33 things going on. You have 25. And we're incredulous and we get passionate. Yeah. But then we look, I know, it's yeah. like, do what I say, not what I do. Right. Uh, and and again, I think it's human nature, it's wiring, it's generational. Right. As, there's all these aspects to it, but I think we need to own it. Right? So so that's where I've had success with, with turning it around and just accepting that I'm not good at focusing on me. So I've, I've used that trick to get myself to focus on me without thinking I'm focusing on me. So for all of you out there, I would think about how you can reword these things in your brain so that you prioritize them appropriately. Because what's going to happen, you're going to keep, you know, it's going to be 10 years from now and you're going to be in the same spot. So what can you change? What can you do that's going to get you to prioritize the work to be beneficial to you? I think you had a key trigger. It's family. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying it's the universal connector, but I think it is. So for me, with my coach, I'm connecting it to Diane. I'm connecting it to work-life balance here. And it's helping me, which is going outside of myself, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm coaching several people and whip limits. And then the Gilda came up this morning. And I think connecting it out of ourselves to your family, impact to family, Mm -hmm. work-life balance. I know that if you like those terms or not. That that's much more powerful than just looking at yourself. Yeah. Like you know, you won't take action, but you will. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the other thing I would really say: journal and look at the trending, right? And don't be hard on yourself, but look at like, are you? We say this to teams, right? Yeah. Don't don't overreact with any data point. Yeah. But but are you trending? Is it getting worse or is it getting better? Right. And if it's getting better, cool. Keep doing a little bit more of that, right? Uh, any. Book any like specific things you want to like techniques or so bringing it from whip limits 
and that was really important. But mm-hmm. any like specific, like I want to read a Kanban book or anything like that. Any specific tactical stuff on your radar this year, like product related or anything? Um, there's a there's a handful of different product centric books I've read in the past or that I carry around. Like I'm I'm not there's, there's the, one by that guy Bob Galen. Do do you no? Do you have that in your back pocket? I think it's in my trunk. <laughs> I, so it's I, in your car. Uh, yeah, it's not holding up like an old Model no, T I, Ford at no, home. I use it like one of those blocks. You Please, put I'm waiting for to you. like keep the car from rolling. You should have just hang. I use it for. And then just be silent. (laughs) (laughs) Just let it hang there and let people fill in the blank. I've got a terrible joke in my brain. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, So product-related stuff? One of the things that that has always bothered me that I went out and found the book, and I can find it on Amazon while I talk, um, is pricing of things. You've... Over the last few years, I always felt like a black art. And it was one of those things where I would be places and I would ask, why do we charge X? And there was never a good explanation. And then there was all this fear and uncertainty and doubt around price increases. Did you find a book that I did? And, and it was as close as I could get to a, a scientific approach to pricing. No way. Yeah, it's what? it's not it's not, and I'll find it while we talk. Yeah, but, um, but that's but that was one of those things where I would get so frustrated. But because, that is a that has historically been a black yeah, card, right? Yeah, because I because I wanted there to be a logical reason yep. why why we charge X and not Y, as opposed to well, five years ago we said we'll make it fifty bucks and we'll and we think that can make yep. the budget work so we'll go. Yep. You know, like even with one of the businesses that I'm building, it's kind of the same way. Now luckily it's got a self regulating price in there because it's like a marketplace. Right. So it so it right. prices itself appropriately. But some of these other things where it's like why are we why are we charging what we charge? And then I look at other companies or um like like Pendo. Pendo here in Raleigh is one of the unicorn businesses has been valued at a billion dollars based on raises that they've had. And their products are really, really, really expensive. Like every time I never look. Yeah. Like, like knock your socks off. Like you come back like, holy shit, should we really spend that much? And they're really, I never, I should, but they're growing like gangbusters. So So somehow they, so they, they've, they've, they built a ton of value to where they've proven they can charge that. Like they, oh wow, yeah. So that so that's one of those things. Then it would cause me to look back at other places. Like, wait a minute, we were like giving it away, yeah, and we were struggling. We couldn't hire new teams because we were giving it away. So I so I wanted to get to that point. And Todd Todd Olson, both you and I know him. He's he's one of those smarter guys, and I bet he's got a logical approach to to, to pricing things. Well, you but on the high. I would agree, but I'm I'm saying that it's sort of the yes and it it's cons- consulting. This guy Jerry Weinberg wrote this mm-hmm. Secrets of Consulting, and it is a black art. But a lot of us go low. You yeah. you charge too low. You don't value, and and we're very shy. We're suffering from this at Baco to some degree. One of our biggest discussions is what to charge our coaching models at, mm-hmm. and we've gone relatively low. Or market low, but we think so. We're we're trying to differentiate on value, 
but we've gone to commodity on price. Then one of our interesting discussions is we find that the revenue that we generate permeates everything, like the quality, like we talk about investing in our coaches, like giving them a day off or giving them training time. But if we charge so low, we have no revenue to, to offset that or onboarding. We want to onboard coaches so the mm-hmm. clients have a better on a consistency experience, mm-hmm. and the coaches can co like you can pair co coach, right? Pair coach, but you have to charge accordingly, and we're not. Yeah, and so so we're we're starting to understand that that cost model permeates everything, right? Like it just it it affects the entire structure of the organization. Yeah. If you go high. Uh, that's one of the things in Bob Galen in my coaching, I charge premium prices and it's like Orsk. If I was a commodity coach, I couldn't afford that. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not a commodity coach. I'm investing in myself. Right. So there's this sort of invest in yourself aspect of the pricing models as well. Yes. Right. So did you find the book monetizing innovation, how smart companies design the product around the price? Ooh. So it was interesting because they, because they figure out what what price they can sell it at. Then they build a product that can deliver on that price as opposed to so many companies build the product, then figure out, holy cow, how do we get to a price that makes this work? So it's really figuring out the price first. So there's a ton of research that's that's that that's built into the book. It's definitely by Allison Davis and Matthew Lemaire. Moral. That's the one. Uh, no, it's the no. yellow one. Yep, it's the yellow one. The yellow one. Yep. Okay, cool. So that's a it's a it's a good book if that's one of those things you struggle with. And they do a good job of flipping it around. Of hey, before you build the thing, figure out what you can charge it. I like that. And then figure out if you can build something. Yeah. Within that price. Yeah, structure. yeah, yeah. No, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Back to theme. We mm-hmm. have a. How do we wrap? Why don't uh, so I was worried. Like I feel like Bob Galen. Like I was worried if there was going to be enough meat on the bone. Was there enough meat on the bone? Do you I think? think we've we we've got over meat. Yeah, it's like Arby's. Right? No, like, no, it is. We have I, the meats. Yeah. What are we going to leave people? What's your, your your top three for this year? I'm putting you on the spot. A top three what? So things, learning, things, investments learning? for you. Uh, I'll start. I'll, okay. give, I'll yeah, buy yeah. you time. Okay, okay good. Thank uh, you. Whip limit reduction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of this is self-care. Uh, so I Orsk Coaching. I'm going to go to Orsk Coaching, and I'm going to coach my ass off, basically, mm-hmm. to get better. So mm-hmm. it's I've realized that I haven't scratched the surface in professional coaching, mm-hmm. and, and I'm excited about practice, 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 and right. learning different techniques. So Orsk is exciting me. Um, and it's and it's caused my ego to deflate, which is good for That's me. That's amazing. Uh, it is amazing. Uh, then whip limits, uh, self-care whip limits, and then it, all joking aside, the candles, taking quiet time, even mm-hmm. taking breaks amongst the day. Like yeah. I'm even every 50 minutes, I try to take a short break. Uh, sit, just sit down, maybe read something. Right. So there's there's sort of recharge. Mm-hmm. So the way I think of self care, it's not necessarily for, clearly for me exercise or or eating. I need to get better with that. Mm-hmm. But I think of myself as a battery, and it's like I want to keep my passion and my energy level and my level of engagement up at high. And if I find that I'm getting down. And if I've been burning myself out, it starts, that battery starts coming down. What can I do to get it back up? Right. Well, reading helps me there. 
thinking, mm-hmm. not 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 working, you know, not killing myself, just balancing, maybe taking a walk with my wife, et cetera, et cetera, and that battery comes up. Yeah. And what I'm finding is that makes me a better coach. Mm-hmm. Right. So it has a bit it's not it's not this soft, squishy, oh, you're yeah. just exercising and it's it's going out into the ether. It's actually it has an ROI on my business side. So that's me. That's my next year. I'm gonna work really hard in those areas. So we talked about work in progress limit. That's a, that's a thing for me. That's like not even close. There's a number one and then two, three and four and everything else below it are a distant second. Um, one of the things that I've found to be successful for me is I figured out the disconnect points. So I was in this maniacal, like I've got like a 45 minute drive. So I was trying to maximize the value and I was listening to business books on that drive home and I would get home and it was like my brain never turned off. Yeah. So I've been finding ways to get my brain to turn off. Like I about, gosh, like I blame it on the kids, but I also blame it on, on, on myself and work in progress limits, but I stopped playing video games and because I thought it was a waste of time. I thought I wasn't really right. delivering value in some way. But what I've learned is that video game time is where I turn my brain off. But you, and you recharge. You yeah. Get, you get, you and, get energy back. And it's weird because my my wife, which this never would have happened 15 years ago, 10 years ago, has said to me, you should probably go play some games. Like you should just go turn off your brain. Cause like, yep. because she'll see me sitting there like processing and she's like, you need to go turn that off, go do something. So I stopped listening to books on the drive home and I listened to Howard Stern and his crew and they're idiots, but, but it, it gets my brain off of the thing. That's exactly right? what it's, I'm talking about. And the- it's, and I pay a decent amount of money for that, but it's, it's worth it to me. No, so exactly. it's one of those things of finding that. So, so so finding more ways to do that throughout the day has really benefited me, and I need to maintain that. Then the other thing for me is just it's a very tactical thing, but I've got to figure – I've got all these companies now. Like i got to figure out the tax situation. And like, <laughs> am I flushing money down the drain because I'm not doing something the right way? Right. So for me in 2020 – that's something that I've got to figure out yep. about how to how to manage that because otherwise the work in progress limit is going to end up costing us more money than it's making. Exactly, exactly. So very cool, I, very reflective, and we showed some vulnerability today as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm proud of us as a team. I mean, that's part of that reflection. I think is is really you know looking inside yourself and and being self aware. Yeah. So and you have to give yourself the space to do that. Ab- well, that's just what we're taught. It's space. Right. It's space the final frontier. <laughs> Jeez. And with that from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen and I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care y'all. <laughs>